Alexander Snitker, libertarian, Republican, and political hack, and Adrian Wiley, born-again anarchist and political has-been. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, Chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Staging and Logistics Committee of the Western Florida Guild of Professional Anarchists, Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm tired. Yeah, you are tired today. You're late coming in and... Yeah, I'm, I'm having to pour coffee down your throat just to get you going Down here the today. gullet, is right. what you could say. Right. You could use the word gullet there. Yeah. And what's up with you? It's not like you were, you know, didn't get enough sleep. Um. Well, you know, so I went over to the LPF convention. Right. Which was in Melbourne. Friday night, you went there. I went there Friday night, but then right. I came back home Friday night and then went back Saturday. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Why don't you just stay over? Nah. Various things that I'm not going to discuss on the air right now. Oh, okay. I made the girls feel better. Okay. Basically. Um, Date night, huh? Uh, well, no, no, not like that kind of feel better. I was just in oh. attendance. I wasn't. Oh, you know, I got you. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't lay down the law. Or anything I, like I was that. trying to make the wife feel better this morning, and uh, you know, I'm looking for her around the house, and I finally tracked her down. But she was giving her 85 year old mother a, a shower, so it just kind of killed the moment. Fuck yeah, that would kill the moment. <laughs> yeah. Giving so, her a shower, huh? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And uh, there's they, so much not going on. They, they don't close doors when all that. Oh, happening. my God. Why I, not? I, know. Close I, the I, I don't know. Door. That's a, that's a thing with them. But yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, so that's uh, <laughs> that. I appreciate the swerve for that kind of very negative visual. Yeah. Yeah. You're so, welcome. There. Thank you there. Yeah. So. Uh, so tell us about the LPF convention. OK, so one, you're still not that I give a shit. Nah, I know. I know you don't. I know you don't really actually I, I'm like get through this so we can move on. Actually, you're yeah. like, why don't you say something so I can make fun of you and bust your balls? About <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Is what you're yeah I'm, look- I'm looking for an opportunity here to, to really bust your chops. Yes. Yeah. So I was invited to go to the convention to speak. I mean, I was invited just to be a delegate, but I was also invited to go there and speak. Right. Now, really, though, I got invited to a breakout session Okay. on Friday afternoon, mm-hmm. where if you understand the, uh, if you understand conventions, Friday afternoon is not what I would say is the most popular time frame in which people want to go to. No, uh, that's, that's drinky time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so four people were in there. <laughs> right when i talked yeah and uh it was fine it was good one of them was actually was a candidate that's running for state house in district 40 um very nice person named kelly yeah um so um i talked to them for a little bit and then after that i just kind of you know hung out and just you know was conversing with various people i knew there's a fair amount of people that i still know that are there a lot of people I don't know, though. I mean, it's just one of those things now where you look around and there's just a ton of people you don't know. A lot of turnover. Yeah. You know, but Spike Cohen was there. Right. I like Spike. Um, I saw Amash. He was there. Did Justin you, Amash. You talked to him? No, I didn't. And he didn't talk to me. I mean, he just doesn't, you know, he doesn't, you know, he don't remember me for nothing. Oh, okay. Um, Dave Smith was there. Um, you don't know who Dave Smith He's a comedian. No, no I, yeah, I don't know. He basically runs the, or he's the, the pseudo head of the Mises Caucus. Oh, okay. And, um, uh, Mike Meharry was there from 10th Amendment Center. Um, oh. He actually lives in Tarpon now. Okay. Or he's he, he's working on living in Tarpon. He's working on fixing a house in Tarpon. Right. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's any other big name people that you would 
Now there was a again there was a bunch of different people there. I had a lot of I, I had good times. I made a couple points at a couple times during Saturday during the business meeting. Right. Well, again, they're always arguing over the rules and of course you know, where, this where the comma should up. go. Right. Well, no, no. This one's more of like you know the most recent rules weren't put up and you know things are all geeked up there. But right. you know, look, you got volunteers putting it together. So like, what are you going to do? And I actually made the. Like normally, or before when I would go to these things, sometimes I would be a little bit more bombastic or negative. Right. And I was always very positive during the whole thing. I was just happy to be. I was kind of happy, one, because I don't have anything to do. Well, here's what I don't understand anymore is why you go to these things. What do you expect to get out of them? I mean, what 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 do you get out of going to an LPF convention? Um, that was a long pause. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the long pause. No, I'm just, I, I find that funny. You're really having to dig deep to figure well, out. No, I'm trying to put it in a way in which makes the most sense. Okay. I don't go... F- okay, I go for me. I can't say I don't go for me. Right. I can't say I'm not selfish that I go for me. I can't say that I don't enjoy when some people are... Uh, saying nice things uh, so, about me. So a, a so good chunk of it is ego. There's then. a little personal uh, uh, edification. Is that the right word for it? I'm not sure. Okay. So there's a little personal about it, about, hey, you know, you know, oh, we remember when this guy and this, you know, legendary kind right, of telling right. old war stories kind of thing. Yeah. However, I think that the other, there's another reason why I want to, why I go. And the other reason is that I want to be helpful. Right. And what I mean by that is, is that, look, I have zero agenda when I go in all reality. I'm not, I don't have anything to pitch. I don't got anything to promote. I ain't running for anything that they haven't already fucking given me. I'm not doing anything there for uh, personal uh, aspects of like promoting myself. Right. Like, you know, you should be promoting the show. But then again, if they start listening to the show, they probably wouldn't be very happy with it either. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's some people that listen to the show there, though. There's okay. definitely some people listen to the show. Yeah. And um, so, I, and it's just to kind of maybe reconnect with people that I've known for a lot of years. And for those of you who are new listeners, what we're talking about is the Libertarian Party of Florida. Their state convention. Their state convention. And uh, both Alex and I were leaders in the organization for many years. Uh, Alex ran for uh, U.S. Senate as a Libertarian in 2010. I ran for uh, Florida governor uh, as a Libertarian in 2014. And we're both fucking legends. <laughs> I mean, look, in, in some in circles, in some circles, I'm a cult classic. And they're always yes. asking about you. Yeah. And I always tell them the same thing. I'm like, you don't want him here. No, no. I tell them like the funny thing is, I think if other people heard what I said, right, they would think that I and they didn't know me and you did a show. Right. They would think I was talking shit about you. Oh, right. No, no. Because I'm like, no, no. He's a get off the porch asshole anarchist now. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I'm, I'm telling you folks now, you don't want me there. Yeah. And I, and I tell people that. As, as much as I would. Actually, no. You know, I got to admit that if people were there, um, you know, uh, kind of lavishing praise on me like they do you, I would be very uncomfortable with that. I really would. You know. I, I, it's it, I, and I can't even. You would explain do everything why. you can to burst everybody's bubble. Yes, yeah. I would go out of my way to show them what a total asshole and what a total lost cause and what how what how foolish they were to have ever voted for me. Yes, I, I would, I, and I like, don't. There were people on the <laughs> stage. There's a guy running for Jacksonville City Council, right? That said that he wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you and the Brew Tour, right? 
Now, I will say this is that one of the times when I did speak and I got the mic for the whole audience, I did, <laughs> of you did. very publicly lay claim that the Brew Tour was my fucking idea. It was your idea. So I just wanted to make sure I put that out there yep. so everybody knew that. Yeah. Um, I mean, but most people in that room don't know who I am. Now, there are people in that room I don't like. There are still people in that room I do I, I not like. I thought they all died. No, they haven't all died. Oh, okay. There's some people in there that I don't like. However, with that being said, I didn't Steve say- Steve LaBianca there? No. Oh, that's too bad. No. I really like that guy. No. Um, he wasn't Because he was right all along. <laughs> he definitely had some moments that he was correct. So Inside baseball there. Yeah, but at the same time that I go to these things, there's people there I don't like, but I'm not, I'm not there to cause a problem, nor to get in a fight with these people. I don't really care. In this aspect, I don't care. I don't like that person, and there's nothing that's going to make me like that person, right. but at the same time... Yeah. I don't fucking care. No. Like, I, I'm here to say no, nice things. Not, to nice not worth people. the confrontation. That, you know, there's some people yeah. that were there that I like, like. I do genuinely like, and that genuinely like me. That were like, you know, Alex. I'm really glad you're here. Right. And I think they're even more glad that I'm there because I'm not trying to take anything over. Right. Like, I'm yeah. the chair of the legislative review committee. <laughs> no, leave, see, me the, see, leave me see, in the wonkiest see, things. No, you hang can on do. a second. See, see. What do you mean? You're already chairing a committee. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm not there to take things over. Uh, let me chair this committee. No, they asked me to do that. I, it doesn't matter. They dude. begged me to do that. It well, doesn't matter. They begged me, but yeah, they asked me. Right. But at any rate, I had a good time. I had a lot of fun. I left out of there at about, uh, I think it was like 3.30 or 4 on Saturday. Right. All the business was done at that point. Yeah. And I will say this. I don't like doing the social events there anymore, really. I like talking to people one-on-one. But I'm not going up to people's rooms or doing like this. This this caucus is meeting afterwards to have a little party, and they're bringing their guy in or whatever. Right. I don't really care about any of that shit. So a lot of the things that I would do there that could be that could be self promotion, I feel like I sabotage personally anyway. Right. Because I just don't really like I don't want to do that stuff. I'll go and talk to who I want to talk to, and then when I want to leave, I want to get the fuck out, and I leave. Right. You know what I mean? I say goodbye to people, and then I go. Yeah. Like so Saturday, and I was telling people, look, I'm not going to be here on Sunday. I got I got to do the show with Adrian. I got and I got other shit I got to do. Right. So I'm not staying on Sunday. I as soon as business was over on Saturday, I said goodbye to who I needed to say goodbye to, and I got and I got the hell out. Right. Um. I did get my my uh, my 125 little pin thingy. So what is that? Um. So they have a marketing uh, plan or a fundraising plan where if you donate 25 dollars a month, that you are considered in the 125 club. That's bad math. 100 people at 25 dollars a month. Oh, I got you. Okay. So. And and they were giving awards to whoever donated the most money, right? Which I mean, I wasn't in that, obviously. But like, um, uh, John Thompson was, and so he gets like an like. They're really, I will say this: they're doing more for the making the people that donate money feel better, right? You know, because I remember when we were there, they would just accuse us of stealing the money as we were donating. <laughs> right. yeah, um, so th- that change <laughs> we, is definitely we, a welcome one. We we were like the two biggest donors to the party, and we were accused of stealing the money. I, I want to even know how that works. Because <laughs> you know? those people were crazy. Yeah. Now, luckily, those people were dead now. So. Yeah, right. Like That's the thing. All the people that were problems at these conventions are dead. Yeah. Most of them are dead. You know, and to see what grows out of that is really nice to see. But it also makes me a little sad at the same time. Like, if you don't know the crazy that is John Wayne Smith. Right. And the amount of years that he belonged in the party. Right. Like, I kind of feel like... Man, well, especially since he's the guy who brought bit. you into the party. Yeah, like one of the, the and somebody mentioned the, that the biggest crazies out there is the guy who got you to become a libertarian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, 
whatever. <laughs> so, but like I said, I had a good time while I was there. There was yeah. a lot of fun. You know, it just it was good. But yeah. let's we got to move on. Let's to move something. on. Yeah, we I, move on to something I, I heard serious. something is going on in Eastern Europe right now. Did Did you hear about this? I, I'm not sure what it is. I thought it was a sale at Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's not that. So, unless you've been living under a rock for the past week, uh, you know that uh, Russia has in uh, invaded Ukraine. And uh, it is a major, major international crisis, uh, and uh, all kinds of things are going really strange on it. But, you know, my biggest takeaway so far really is um, how um, impressed I am and how, um, you know, it's so encouraging to see uh, the Ukrainian people, you know, the Ukrainian civilians um, stand up and, and fight for their country. You know what I'm saying? And to be successful against this, you know, massive aggressor that has a military, you know, 20 times their size. Uh, and the fact that they're, you know, holding their own ground is, is truly amazing. It, it really, you know, it makes you it makes you think uh, things like, uh, you know, the American Revolution, uh, the War of 1812. Uh, you know, they, they've had their remember the Alamo moments like with the uh, uh, the folks on Snake Island. Uh, who the Russian warship says, you know, hey, uh, you know, surrender now or you're going to be destroyed. And their response was Russian warship, go fuck yourself. Yeah. You know, and then they were attacked and the, the facility was destroyed. Uh, it's actually up in the air now. They're, they're not sure whether any of those people survived or not. Yeah. So they may have, they may not. It just, you know, the fog of war at this point. But, you know, it, it makes you think about, you know, the, the, the um, Minutemen. Uh, who you know grabbed their rifles and said we're going to fight the British? It it, it makes makes you think about you know uh, the Iraqis in 2003 who uh, defended their homeland against a, a giant aggressor and, and you know the the <laughs> Afghan people in 2021 uh, how they um, you know managed to fight off the the largest military in the world. Um, so you know there is always always hope for these things you know um, and it, it's just so inspiring to see when people will rise up and defend their homeland any way they can. You know. Now, hang on a second. <laughs> I want to make those points because if you're looking at this from any other perspective than that, you have to say that it, at least on some level of truth that all of those things are very similar. You know what I'm saying? Now, look, I don't believe in any way, shape, or form uh, that us going into Afghanistan was completely unjustified, like Putin's invasion of Ukraine is. I do believe that us going into Iraq in 2003 was completely unjustified um, and based on a complete lie, just like Putin's doing. But by the same token, and I know a lot of other people that believe that as well, by the same token now, some of those people have got it in their minds that, well, of course, since America lied about that, they've got to be lying about everything that's happening now. And Putin somehow has got to be the good guy. You know, it's and I'm seeing that all over social media and probably just because I have a lot of crazy people on my my feed. But, you know, the 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 perspective that people are coming to this uh, with is, is just mind boggling to me. I'm seeing people out there, uh, specifically ultra conservative people who are, you know, uh, praising Putin. Uh, Trump has praised Putin, for example. I mean, hold on. I'll wait till you're done. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's um, but what Trump said wasn't untrue. It's just a weird take on it. 
You know what I'm saying? Because it's because he's a weirdo. Well, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, Trump said that basically uh, Putin taking the Ukraine is a good return on investment based on the sanctions that are going to be imposed on him. And you know, he's not when, wrong when you think about it in those terms. He's not wrong, but it goes to show you how little regard that he has for the people who are now, you know, uh, being attacked. Yes. Um, but by the same token, I find it just as amusing when the left praises how civilians with assault weapons defending their home is such a wonderful thing yeah you know because there are so many dichotomies out there in the news and and one of the things that this has been really wonderful about uh is i've i've actually watched all the different news networks recently Mm -hmm. okay um i've watched cnn i've watched fox news i've watched msnbc and i gotta say that msnbc is uh, essentially, you know, uh, blaming Trump for the whole thing, <laughs> which is stupid, <laughs> right? Uh, somehow they're they're coming to that. Thank God Biden is in office. Is the general sentiment there? Um, it, it, Fox News. You know what I found on Fox News? It's full of a very a, a lot of very angry commentators. <laughs> Everybody on Fox News appears to be angry, and for some reason, I feel like they're angry at me. I'm you not, think they're just mad at you? Huh? I, I think they're mad at me. As the viewer, Personally. I, I felt like the, view, the, the 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 commentators were directing their anger towards me somehow. Uh, but they, of course, blame Biden. And it's funny because, like, every time they say Biden's name, it's like you can almost hear them say "motherfucker" under their breasts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just, so, like, they want to add some expletives after yeah. it. And uh, CNN, I got to say, is. You know, basically, they're probably the most unbiased of the American media, but what they omit is where you can tell their biases. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I've primarily been watching uh, Sky News and France 24 oh, I you know, you. To, to get the information. But yeah, it's it's been really interesting to see how each media focuses on a completely different aspect of the story. And it's it's been so fascinating to see all the different takes that are almost all based on everyone's preconceptions it's as if everyone is molding this in such a way to reinforce their own preconceptions of the world in general and i find that just unbelievably fascinating and instead of just taking this event on an objective level for what it is um you know it's it just the the various different uh, angles on it is amazing but uh, what are you thinking about that okay so let me just say this real quick First and foremost, I want to make sure I say, because the rest of it's going to sound like Russian propaganda. So first and foremost, I want to just say is that Russia really had no provocation to do this. Russia was evil in their approach of doing this. They are going over, they're, they're attacking the entire country. They, I was wrong in thinking that they weren't going to do it. They totally right. were going to do it. Yeah, I'd like, I to, was completely I'd like to stop wrong you there and point you out that I was right, you were wrong. No, no, yeah. I was completely wrong. I did not think they were going to do this. And the U.S. government was also correct. Yes. I Which mean, I said a, that I thought their intelligence Broken clock was, is right twice a day. Yeah, I, I, I thought they were telling the truth this time. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no justification that he can give to do this. However, right. with that being said, looking back now and I guess hindsight's always 2020 this is predictable and the reason that I say it's predictable is this if you know where Ukraine is on the map they border Russia they just do they're right on the border of Russia right after the fall of the Soviet Union 
NATO basically was trying to expand all the way to Russia's border. Geopolitically, if Russia gets big again, this is going to be a problem like it is right now. So that's the first thing. The second thing is we're mad because Russia wants to install a fucking puppet government in Ukraine to replace our puppet government in Ukraine. That is not a democracy over mm. there. Not really. It's not really a democracy. That is a is a that has a lot to do with the United States of what happened over there Ooh. beforehand. Ooh. Again, I know. I think you've I, been watching a little too much RT. Okay, I haven't watched any RT, but let me just say this. We know that the, gov- the U.S. government backed the coup to replace the old government that was there. That is true information. We know that. Now, do you want to say after that they got elected? Great. Okay, we can go ahead and down that road if you want to. However, you can't deny our involvement in one. That, and hold on. I got to back up and say something else. If you look at these, like you said, if you look at this for the specific incident and what you would do moving forward, I can understand, you know, why it's very difficult as a a non-interventionist to have a problem with what's going on right here. However, like like with Afghanistan, like with Iraq, like with so many other things before this, you cannot discount what was going on before that led up to this, that the wrong moves that, again, Putin has no justification for doing this. However, it's predictable. It's like if a snake is going to, if you get near a snake, it'll bite you. That's what the snake does. And that's what happened here. We have treated Ukraine, or not we, various government officials in this country have treated Ukraine like a personal fucking piggy bank and have exacerbated the corruption of that country by its political leaders and have been public about it. Namely Biden with the, I replaced the guy because we withheld money, you know, until they got rid of the, until they got rid of that one guy and replaced somebody else. Our involvement in there cannot go without at least acknowledgement. Again, it's no justification for Putin to do what he was doing, but If you look at it from his point of view, we have a country that we're giving billions of dollars in arms to right on his fucking doorstep. What the fuck do you think he's going to do? Okay, I really, really think that you're... (sighs) Like, tell me where I'm fucked up. I think you're you're belittling the root cause of the problem here and the human tragedy. Um, because it, it, this is, is such a, a tragic event because, I, I mean, think about it. Where is Hunter Biden going to get money for Coke and hookers? <laughs> you know? I mean, I, mean, I understand that, it, it, that he's going to have to make some sacrifices. Exactly. Too. Exactly. I, here's the thing. You're not necessarily wrong. You're not wrong in your analysis of that. Um, however, um, you have to also understand is that the Soviet Union collapsed. Um, under their own weight. Yes. They, they fucked it up. It's totally their fault. Um, you have to also remember that the nations that joined NATO did so because they wanted to. They wanted to be a part of the you know, peaceful, relatively free, relatively democratic nations of NATO. Um, so, you know, those people supported that for the most part. And again, I'm an anarchist. I don't believe there should be NATO. I don't believe there should be government. But I'm just talking about in the world that we live yeah, in yeah, today. Yeah. I just always have to throw that caveat out there. 
Um, so the fact that they said, you know, from their perspective, this giant, you know, red nation uh, to their east was still a threat to them. So, you know, from their perspective, to defend themselves, they decided that they would be much better off uh, being a part of NATO. So you had the, the Baltic states join, uh, Latvia, Estonia, Lithuania. Uh, you had Hungary, Romania, basically all of these, uh, Poland, uh, all of these uh, former uh, satellite states of the Soviet Union, uh, the entire Warsaw Pact, uh, the Soviet bloc, as it used to be called. Mm-hmm. Don't hear, you haven't heard those names in a long time, but these are the countries that were part of the, the Warsaw Pact, the Soviet bloc. Um, and they decided that they... Basically, there was a culture war and Western values won. Okay. Now, having said that, yes, if you want to just take it from the perspective of Putin's motivation um, and the oligarchs in Russia's motivation, uh, which I don't think are necessarily the same thing at this point, um, then yes, what you said is absolutely true. And preventing, um, you know, having uh, NATO on all their borders was huge to them and ukraine was potentially going to join nato as well well georgia was also thinking about it that's why they invaded georgia in 2008 yeah you know and uh, they wanted to make sure they had access to the black sea that's why they took crimea in 2014 yeah however um you know i think the thing about putin is he want he i think he truly wants to rebuild the soviet union he has said as much no yeah yeah. well he wants no no he he wants to rebuild the old Russian Empire, not the Soviet Union, and there is a difference between the two. It, it, yeah, it, it's it's the Tsarist Empire is what he's going for, which is ironic because he was part of the KGB, which was you know uh, the Soviet Union, which overthrew the Tsars. But he talks shit about Lenin anyway, though. Right, like, even publicly, he'll talk shit about Lenin. Right, right. So, uh, but basically, I do think that Putin is becoming pretty disconnected from reality, which is a scary thing. You know, yeah, I think so because this one's pissed everybody off. Yeah, like even China. Because we got an article from China. Even China's banking system is now turning on Russia. Right. Which I did not think was going to. Again, this is another surprising part of it. Right. I didn't think this part was going to happen because yeah. I figured China would want this to happen so they could take over Taiwan. I did too. I did too, and I think that early on. That was their thinking. Yeah. But I think China also thought that the world would be much more divided over this, whereas the world has shown, uh, you know, it, the nations of the world has shown amazing solidarity in their support for Ukraine. Yeah, in condemning this. Uh, yes. Well, not only condemning it, but getting on with relatively harsh sanctions. I mean, these are serious sanctions they're, um, well they're they're not as far as they could go though uh, well the, the uh you know the removing the russian uh, uh central banks from swift is a really Hold on, big did deal. they do that now yes okay well yes. that's the, the they that, have done that that happened over the past 24 hours though. it happened last night okay yeah okay, they so. agreed uh, all the nations agreed to it last night and the fact that that's a huge one well and not only that the fact that all the nations of uh the eu and the u.s and everything like that are now um shipping massive arms uh, covertly, uh, you know, because they got to get them without Russia intercepting them, uh, to uh, the Ukrainians is also a, a huge deal. Um, and I think uh, that Putin bit off more than he can chew. You know? Well, you got to remember this, too. Okay, so I, I read a couple things out there. One, I don't think that the Russian, your average soldier, your average Russian soldier knew this was going to happen. They were told that it was training exercises that they were going to. Right. Not that they were building up for war. Right. 
Yeah, I, I, I honestly think that the average Russian soldier is pretty confused as to what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one. So morale is horrible. Now, two, there are tons of protests all across the Soviet Union yes. or across Russia that are against this war. Now, and if you grade it on a curve, considering what they do to people that talk shit. Right. That's an amazing thing going on in Russia right now. And so far about, I think they've arrested several thousand people, like three or four thousand yeah. people have been arrested so far in these protests. And folks, that's not you're going to get zip ties around the wrist and get released in the morning type of thing. Yeah. When these people go to jail, they're going to be there for a couple years at least. And they're probably going to get the shit beat out of them. Right. Yeah. This is not, you know, this is not like getting arrested for protesting in the U.S. That's right. Yeah. Well, this is not like getting arrested for protesting in the U.S. used to be. <laughs> it's more like uh, it's a little worse than getting arrested for protesting in the U.S. is now. Yeah. Well, which also, <laughs> I got to say, is a really good sign, by the way. Right. Right. Like, it shows that their their propaganda isn't working. And Russia has tried exceptionally hard uh, to crack down on, on all the media. Uh, on you, their social media? They've throttled Facebook. They've throttled the social media. They're, um, you know, all the, basically all the state media is reporting this, like, and it's amazing that anyone would believe this in Russia. And I think, I think there are probably a good uh, portion, maybe... 40%, maybe even half the Russian population believes the official narrative. Kind of like, you know, a, a good chunk of the American people believe the official narrative when we get it. Yeah. Um, weapons of mass destruction, for example. But, you know, the, the, what Putin is using is so absolutely outlandish that the Ukrainian government has uh, been taken over by Nazis and drug addicts. Yeah. I mean, it's like, first of all, President Zelensky is a descendant of Holocaust survivors. His great uncles died in concentration camps. He's a Jew. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, 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 of all the labels that you were going to put on it, um, that is like the most unrealistic thing to do. But, you know, in his mind, how do you rally the Russian people? Fighting Nazis. Yeah, you because know, that's what I, they did during World War II. Exactly. The last time that Russians were fighting in Kiev and Odessa, uh, was uh, fighting the Nazis in 1941, 42. Yeah. You know, and so that's their mindset. That was their great war. That was, you know, so he's trying to revive that and uh, revive that spirit in his people. Yes. Yes. And that that hatred for Nazis, which is ironic because he's acting a lot more like the Nazis did in, you know, 1938, 39. Yeah. Uh, than anyone else. So it, it's just such a weird thing. And it's interesting to see what the russians believe because i've seen interviews with russians and some of them are like you know they're afraid to say too much but they're like i don't support this war you know but others are like oh yeah ukrainians Nazis, we got to get rid of the nazis you know that sort of thing um so it it works to some degree yeah i know? mean there's there's going to be a certain portion of it well and the reason why it works though is that there are like elements of truth behind it though hmm? okay there are neo-nazi groups that are in Ukraine. There are neo-Nazi groups in America. Well, you're right. No, no, no. you're there right. There are neo-Nazi groups right. in Russia. You're right. No, no, no. <laughs> you know? You're absolutely right. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that they're not. But because of those things, that's why they're okay. able to use it. That is such... No, I don't think so. I think that is such a reach that it's, oh, it's, a reach. it's not even within the realm oh, no, of reality. No. A, it's a reach. Yeah. And B... That would be saying, like, we're justified... Uh, in invading America because America is overrun by neo-Nazis. 
Yeah. I mean, it's not true, but, you know. <laughs> it's not even remotely true. Yeah. I mean, there are small pockets here and there of every type of group in every country. Yeah. You know, um, so it's it's just a ridiculous premise. And I think that, that at least half of the Russian people, even with their, you know, very, very limited access to anything other than state-run propaganda understands that yeah yeah now also let me i want to make sure i make this point though before we get too far with all that being said i still don't think that we should put any troops over in ukraine i still don't think that we should have a military presence whatsoever inside of ukraine no this talk from the neo and again this is one of those things where you at least see where the neocons come out to fucking come out to play because they're coming out to play yeah and you're still using the wrong term because this is i have seen both um people on the left and right you know, saying that we should do more. Mostly on yeah. the right, but there's there's some neo- on the left. Yeah, yeah. And they're all neocons. I don't give a shit. It's not a, it's not yeah. it's not I guess. A, yeah. it's not it's not they're specifically hawks. designed. Yeah. Hawks. You want to call them hawks. Yeah. It's just not derogatory. Well, for me. here's here's the thing. All those people who believe that I consider neocon to be the N word. That's uh, the real N word. <laughs> all those people who say that, uh the Ukrainian uh, reserve force is uh now accepting um uh volunteers from all nations. So yeah. if you want, if you folks want to go over there and fight for the Ukrainians, there's literally yeah. nothing stopping yeah. you. Yeah, go put a They'll fucking let helmet you right on. in. Go put a helmet on, Rube. Right. Go put a fucking helmet on <laughs> exactly. and go over there, Rube. You fucking piece of shit. But Rubio did say something recently that was uh, accurate, I believe, and he said that you know we have to actually question at this point Vladimir Putin's um, mental state and you know his his mental capacity um, because I would peg it at this point. It, the, the situation that's happening on the ground, and let's discuss what's happening on the ground. You know, here we are five days into the invasion, mm-hmm. um, and the Russian forces are taking much heavier losses than they thought. Um, coming from Ukrainians, and so you kind of have to, you know, wonder if this is 100% accurate or a little optimistic. But, you know, from what I've seen in footage, it's probably accurate. They're saying that they've uh, killed uh, uh, roughly 4,300 Russian troops which is not insignificant it's that is about four percent of their invasion force so far so that's pretty significant yeah that's not including all the the forces they still are have uh, behind russian uh, in in russia at this point uh they've destroyed uh, like 127 tanks 27 aircraft uh, 25 helicopters uh so those are significant losses for the russian also they've uh either the russians have overrun their supply lines or the Ukrainians have disrupted their supply lines because you've got tanks running out of gas and just you know sitting there dead on the highway. Um, so you've got a it's really an embarrassment for Putin at this point, you know, because you know what everyone considered this great superpower that should just blow through Ukraine like nothing. Uh, their morale is terrible. Uh, they haven't uh, made any of their objectives, and now they're having you know they're taking heavy losses and have supply uh, chain. Uh, issues you know yeah um so not so easy to attack another country you see <laughs> us do it you think you can do it too huh russia <laughs> right and we're obviously much better at the logistics side of things than they are yeah, obviously um they're right next door you can't fucking keep a supply line going right from fucking right across the fucking border there exactly dickheads? yeah we're like, doing it from halfway around the world your logistics fucking putin suck ass by the way uh, that is true that is true but here's the problem i see and uh right now i'm uh on the dfc chart I'm putting this at uh, I'm current. I think we're currently at an eight percent chance of uh, uh, nuclear holocaust. So, eight percent. Huh? I think we're at eight percent at this point. I'd say six point five seven five one. 
Okay, well, that's that's probably within the margin of error. So, you know, we're we're we're. I'll I just, just pull the number out of my ass. I know you really. No, I th- I thought you actually calculated it to four digits. <laughs> yeah, I, I believed that. Yeah, um, I saw it on RT. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing, and the reason that, um, it would have actually been a lot lower probability of this ending in a nuclear holocaust. If Russia had rolled completely through Ukraine and taken over in in, uh, 48 hours. Yeah. Uh, Because if he had done that, he would have accomplished his objective. And like Trump said, uh, he would have gotten a good return on his investment. Um, He would have, um, you know, obviously pissed off and and terrified the other Soviet bloc countries. Um, And, uh, you know, he probably would have stopped there. Or maybe, who knows, his state of mind, maybe he would have rolled into Poland or Romania or Hungary. You know, that's also possible. I I think that's unlikely, though. Here's the thing. There's a difference between Ukraine and one of those other countries, because those other countries are NATO, are NATO countries. Right, so he'd have a real war with the U.S., which he could not win. Absolutely could not win. If you can tell, if you watch, here's the thing. I think what they were hoping for on this one was, or what the Russians were hoping for on this one is, is that they initially struck all the military right. bases and, and, and military logistics that they could strike. Right. Thinking that if they were to do this, then that would basically overwhelm them and where they would have to surrender at that point. Well, the other miscalculation they made is they actually believed that U- Ukrainian people um, still thought of themselves as Soviet citizens. Yes. You know? Yes. And that ain't the case, other than in the extreme east- eastern uh, territories where, you know... The ones that border Russia. Yeah, the ones that they already have control of. Yeah. You know, I, I could see that, yeah, okay, carve that chunk of Ukraine out, call it Russia, and, you know, we're done. Yeah. Which, even when they first started attacking, I thought that's what they were going to do. And that is where they could no, still see, end up. And that's the thing. I knew from... From, you knew from the jump. I knew from the, the no, get-go. and that's why you don't. Look, and you don't put two hundred thousand troops on the border without a planning a full-scale invasion. And you know, here's the thing. Looking back, that that definitely makes sense. I just didn't think he was going to be. I don't want to say dumb enough, but like, I don't think that you realize what you're walking into with that. And the hold on. And you mentioned something about the arming of the citizenry. By the way, right. This is another thing that needs to be said. <laughs> yes. One of the reasons that nobody can attack America exactly is because we've already given all the guns out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we don't have to worry about fucking arming the fucking citizenry. We already beat you to the game. Distribution is not a problem. Yes. (laughs) Everybody already already has them. (laughs) So, everybody... And they already have 30-round magazines, and they already have ammo stockpiles. Yeah. Yeah. And probably some of them have bombs and other shit like that, and probably know how to make Molotov cocktails. I mean, obviously, we know how to do (laughs) all that stuff. We're we're not going to need to make pleas to Canada (laughs) to send us ammunition. Yeah. (laughs) The American people have more ammunition than the government does. And I learned... how to make a Molotov cocktail when I was eight. There you go. <laughs> however, however, I did learn a new trick to it. Oh. Putting the styrofoam in there. You know, breaking up styrofoam and putting it in there, it actually makes it more like napalm. Oh, my God. Yeah, because what happens is as the styrofoam melts, it sticks. Um, so it actually makes it much more effective. Because I saw that at first, that they were breaking up styrofoam and putting the like the little styrofoam balls into the Molotov cocktails. And I'm thinking, why are they doing that? And so I started researching it, and it is so that you know when the uh, uh, when the propellant uh, or, or the uh, you know the accelerant, or the gasoline melts the um, styrofoam, it becomes a sticky, you know, like napalm, almost gelatinous, but not quite. Uh, so it makes it uh, stick to vehicles better. 
I love that you said gelatinous there. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's I not do. truly I like gelatinous. No, no, I, know, but, I know, but I like yeah. it though. <laughs> but Look at uh, you coming up. Hey, new tips right. when it comes to your your that's right. Your Molotov cocktails. Add that to the Anarchist Cookbook. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, you're I'm sure it's in there. You're absolutely right, and I, I did find it funny. The, the you know, there's so much hypocrisy out there, just like there always is. I mean, we just ought to rename the show "Pointing Out Hypocrisy" because it seems like that's pretty much all we do. We do a lot of that. But the the fact that uh, you know the left is is now praising the uh, Ukrainian people for you know arming themselves and standing up to a you know a tyrannical government a, a tyrannical government yeah <laughs> yeah did, did you think that one through their left yeah you know and it's same with the right you know it's just they're they're being hypocritical you know they talk about freedom and standing up to tyranny and all that and and now they're rooting for the tyrant you know i mean here's the thing and this is the part like because i listened to what trump said right i think that the problem with what trump said was that okay He's not really, like, he's not wrong right? in, in what he was saying. No, he's, he's not. He's just wrong in, like, the time frame in which you're saying it. Or even the fact and that you're that's, tone deaf. that's your take on it. Yeah. I mean, of all the takes you can have, that essentially it's, you know, invading Ukraine is a good return on investment. <laughs> you know? I mean. It's heartless. Well, it goes to show you how that guy really thinks. Well, yeah. You know. Absolutely. I, really, it's just, you well, know. Well, and for these guys to get mad at Biden, like, here's the thing. Like, I. Oh, yeah, and blaming this on Biden. It's like, look, Biden has a role, in it, and if Trump was in office, you know, oh, God, if Trump was in office, this would have never happened. Really? I actually <laughs> tend to agree with that one. Uh, yeah, and you know why? Is because I think Trump is so much like Putin Yeah, that um, I don't think Putin would have dared because he knew that if he— I think Trump—because Trump's a little cray-cray. Yeah, exactly. Like, he thinks Trump's a little cricket and could actually do yeah. something about Even it. Even though Trump was calling for the dissolution of NATO. Um, well, you know, well, I don't disagree with that either, though. Well, yeah, exactly. Look, <laughs> NATO should have been dissolution, should have been diso- dissolved. dissolved after war, or after Russia fell or after the Soviet Union collapsed. Right, right. Their purpose was done at that point. Well, but however, you have to also acknowledge that NATO has played a role in ensuring peace in Europe. You know? No, I'll put that to the UN then. Uh, Or get rid of one of them. Well, I I say get rid of all of them. Someone challenged me the other day, and, and, you know, because I put out something. I I actually went on Facebook this week, not for any other reason, just to see what social media was saying, you know, what people were saying out there. So I just put up a a quip about, you know, I think I said something to the effect that, uh, remember, kids, uh, if there were no governments, there'd be no one to send armies over imaginary lines on maps or something like that. Um, And, uh, Someone, uh, you know, wrote back to me and said, yeah, but wouldn't there still be factions? It's like, yeah, but they wouldn't have 200,000 troops. You know, it's like fight. You'd be in a fight with your no- neighbor over where the fence is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's about as big as things get, you know. But anyway, I'm going well, off on a on, tangent Hold here. on, though. But the thing is this, though, is that with and again, to, to reinforce your point. The Russian people, at least a sizable percentage of them, don't want this. No. And no. even considering the damage the that Russian they will troops get personally, don't want this. yeah. So you wouldn't have anybody to be able to fight to do this stuff. Right. People would stay home with their families. Right. Right. Unless they were using force to conscript them, which they're doing right now. That's exactly what they're but doing. What I found interesting on uh, the social media um, feeds was that a lot of people, and again, this is another rabbit hole that that we warn people not to fall into, is that they distrust the U.S. government so much that they can't look at this objectively. They have to blame America for this because they think that the United States is the only evil government in the world. 
you know. And the other thing is, <laughs> simultaneously, I'm seeing actual Russian propaganda. Uh, you know, I'm getting messages from people that, you know, I, I probably friended during the campaign, have no idea who they are, um, basically spreading Russian propaganda about how, you know, we have to get rid of the, you know, that sort of thing. And I've also seen, uh, which I think is also Russian propaganda, a spike in 9-11 truther stuff. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, because I think what is, is you know, the, the obvious play there is to say, well, you know, look, <laughs> the United States government did this, which I don't think the U.S. government did 9-11. They may have been negligent and somewhat complicit after the fact. Well, uh, use an the, opportunity to con- right, con- yeah, get so, all our freedoms. Yeah, we've talked about that before. But my point is, is that, you know, that the propaganda machine is both, I think, a lot of sock puppets out there and a lot of useful idiots that are buying into other sock puppets, you know? Now, here's the... Okay, hold on. Let me just say it this way. I, mean, I don't want to necessarily think I'm pushing back against what you're saying. Right. However, I will say this. We are at the point right now where our government cannot be trusted. Well, hold on, I, let, me, I, let me finish. I let agree me, with... Okay, let, go let ahead. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Because of the damage that they have done themselves to ruin their own credibility, this is when times like this are even more dangerous right. than they are earlier because we we look at, or and again, this is the way I'm looking at it. I look at our government, which I can't trust, which has, has, has made a place like Ukraine a piggy bank for political leaders right on Russia's doorstep, and I look at an evil dictatorship like Russia, who is mad because we're installing puppet dictators that they that we depose their puppet dictators in. Like, yeah, we, but that, we don't have the moral high ground. No, that's true. It, when it comes to Ukraine, again, overall, if you want to look overall, do we have the moral high ground over Russia? Okay, I'll make that argument we do. because of the people that we have. Not yeah. because of our political leaders, though. No. Because of the people that we have. Yes. So... We have the moral high ground in that aspect, but in Ukraine, we don't have any moral high ground. Uh, I, I don't know. I would disagree with that. But I mean, again, you're free too, but here, I mean, here's the thing, here, and here's the thing, and maybe it's because I don't, I don't look at it any more in whether I blanket trust or distrust a government. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I, 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 I look at objectively what they're saying and say, yeah, that's either 100% bullshit or it's that's kind of half true or okay this time they're telling the truth but i don't i i i I guess i've gotten to the point where i don't necessarily say well you know what that government has lied before so they obviously have to be lying about everything nor that government has told me the truth so they obviously have to be telling the truth about everything i I think i've gotten to the point now where i i just question everything but i i try to question it with an objective you know an objective viewpoint and i think i'm a little in those regards i think i'm a little more objective than you yes because i think that in in this case i think that and again (laughs) i open this with how wrong we were to go into iraq how how you know we were only marginally uh in the right going into afghanistan um but you know i think in this case we are you know fairly hold harmless in this you know what I'm saying? We, the United States government, is fairly innocent in this regard. Mm. You know, now because you got to remember, now the United States government didn't go in and like you know coerce Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, Hungary, Romania, 
uh, Poland to join NATO. I don't believe. I don't even know if that's you know, true. Uh, it, 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 these are countries that said, you know what? These fuckers invaded us 50 years ago. And they took over our country, and they treated us like shit for fifty years. You know what? We'll hang out with you guys because you guys tend to don't don't tend to take people over. So, ah. right? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, we take people over in different ways. Uh, we we haven't done shit to Poland. We haven't done shit to Latvia, Estonia. I'd Hungary, have to go back and look. I can't Romania. Even, I don't know if I believe that. Either. I mean, maybe there's a a question in uh, Slovenia and and uh, the Czech Republic and Slovakia, but. You know that's a, that's a little bit grayer area. Look, my, pro, my here's my I, I look, and, he, and you're not wrong. My problem is at this point is I have zero trust in the American government, and that's government. a problem. And I think you're falling into a trap. No, no, no. and I think because yeah. because I have zero trust, it does lend itself at times to maybe they were right, maybe they are right in what they're saying, right? But I'm not going to believe them. And here's the thing. I'm not going to believe them now. And that's the thing. I think that we need, and and I think all of us would be better off for doing this. And you know, I'm I'm grateful that I, I I feel like I finally figured this out after years of being completely wrong about everything. Um, I, I think that we need to take the the team perspective completely out of it all the time, and we have to take trust out of it all the time. You shouldn't ever trust or inherently distrust a government. You know, you shouldn't. It, it should be every every transaction you have or every um, analysis of any government action you have to do should be completely at arm's length, should com- be completely, you know, without any type of, of bias whatsoever and evaluate that single action. And when you do, I think what you're going to find is that a third of the time uh, governments tell the truth. A third of the time, they tell half-truths, and a third of the time, they're lying their fucking asses off to you. And that's really the, the way the world is. And um, we got about 10 minutes left in the show, okay? Um, is there can any... we haven't even remotely broached the subject. Well, we can, well, hold on. We we can, we've gone through a lot. We, we've gone through a lot, but we can you know bring it up more in the second hour. Uh, and subscribe if you'd like to uh, hear the second hour, you need to be a subscriber. Go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. That's patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage, all one word. Uh, sign up. You get a whole bunch of swag. A lot of free, uh, well, free, not free, but you know, you get stuff with your membership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, one of the things that I, I kind of want to, uh, move on to uh, for for at least the last section of the first hour is uh, something rather. <laughs> you want ra- to do the COVID thing? I do want to do the COVID. Right, go thing. ahead. Rather intriguing uh, that came out this week, and it did not get much uh, airplay. Yeah, and it came out the same week that fucking Russia invaded Ukraine. <laughs> by the way, yeah, that's another fucking conspiracy theory. Uh, you know what? I, and I can't. I can't necessarily discredit anyone who says the timing of this is very questionable, um, but I, I don't know for sure. Uh, but the headline is, more evidence COVID was tinkered with in a lab. Now scientists find virus contains tiny, tongue, tiny chunk of DNA that matches sequence patented by Moderna three years before the pandemic began. So what they're saying is they've analyzed the original SARS-CoV-2, and they went back, they completely genetically sequenced it. And uh, these uh, group of scientists actually went back and said, hey, wait a minute. Uh, didn't that same genetic sequence appear somewhere else? And it turns out that it did. It turned up in a Moderna patent uh, from three years before the uh, pandemic began, three years before anyone ever heard of COVID. 
And, you know, you may be saying, well, you know, how, how likely is it for a genetic sequence like this to appear in naturally know, naturally in two different areas? Uh, these scientists and these scientists are uh, from and I want to read some of the, the scientists um, or, or the, some of the groups. Uh, University of Oregon, Eugene, um, a uh, Schroff's Charity Eye Hospital, New Delhi, uh, Pan Therapeutics uh, in Switzerland. Department of Molecular Medicine, University of Pavoda or Padova, Italy. Global. Right. Uh, Department of Physiology, Michigan State. Uh, Department of Molecular Medicine, Morrisani College of Medicine, USF, University of South Florida. So we Way got a go local Bulls. connection. Let's go, Bulls. Uh, the Alzheimer's Institute, University of South Florida. So oh, I forgot they were a part of that. A big USF connection there. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Division of Hematology Oncology, Department of Medicine, University of Pittsburgh. And uh, Hillman Cancer Center, University of Pittsburgh. So you've got this international group of you know scientists and leading academia, things like that. So they found this connection, identical DNA in both COVID virus and a Moderna patent from three years prior to the COVID virus. What is the likelihood of those things happening naturally? The scientists estimate one in three trillion. With a T. With Tr a T. Three trillion which means it can't happen to put that in perspective what is that that's about a hundred thousand times less likely than you hitting the powerball yeah yeah so uh, it just unbelievably uh you know just unlikely that that could have happened so for those of you uh like myself uh who said that uh, basically an objective analysis of the fact tends to strongly indicate that uh, COVID-19 was created in a lab, uh, specifically the Wuhan lab, and released from there either accidentally or intentionally. Here's a lot more evidence of that. And, you know, going back to the Ukrainian thing, it's when you, when you see things like this and you know that that was a joint effort between the United States government and the Chinese government, it, it does. It makes you just, just distrust everything about all governments. And it's very difficult to remain on that case-by-case -case analysis of the facts. Um, you know, but... Uh, I can't do it anymore. I'm I know. not going to lie to you. I can't do it anymore. I know. I know. But you, you have to remember that, um, you know, the U.S. government is evil. But it's not the most evil government in the world. No, no, and that's there true. Are, and I would there agree are with even that. more evil governments out there. No, no, no. I, I don't know? disagree with that, by the way. And, yeah. and well, the, well, let me just say it this way. I think that when it comes to the amount of power, vice, evil, that 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 uh, right, that, you know that 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 putting together of those two factors. Yeah. I think we're batting pretty well. Yeah, con considering that if uh, with the power that we have. The, the U.S. government could be far more evil than it is. Yeah. It's, it's on the evil scale, it's rather low compared to a lot of other countries, and uh, specifically China and Russia. But it's still on the evil fucking spectrum, Oh, it's though. still on the evil spectrum. Yeah. Uh, the United States government is not Switzerland. No. You know? No. Uh, not even Norway. No. <laughs> not, definitely not Iceland. No. No. <laughs> you know? it's just, well, right. the thing about it is this, and again, after World War II, right. the neocons and the military-industrial complex got what they wanted for the past until oh yeah until trump you could say at least and even with yeah. trump they still had a little bit of yeah. it. that the, this military industrial complex is the reason that we are in the position that we're in today yeah and there are people that will that will and again well it's even beyond the, the military industrial complex it truly is 
the overwhelming influence of a handful of exceptionally rich people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, things there have been so many steps along the way, like the creation of the Federal Reserve, for example, that has just reinforced that power of, you know, the one percent of the one percent uh, in over global events. Yeah. You know, and they're going to continue to do this stuff. And right. you know what? Them wars like this are not necessarily look. they didn't plan it. Right. But like I said in the beginning of the show, what this is, is predictable. Right. And that. Well, totally predictable, and so are the effects of it. Yeah. I, can, can I just throw one thing in? We we got we got about four minutes left in the show. Um, we um, right before the invasion, when I was expecting uh, the invasion to happen within a day or two, mm-hmm. um, I sold a shit ton of stock, almost my entire portfolio. Okay, and I waited for the invasion to happen with the intention of buying it back Uh and i made over the course of a few days about a 40 percent total return on my investment oh really (laughs) yes because i've i've watched how these things work you know you you sell on the rumor of invasion Mm -hmm. and buy on the invasion (laughs) <laughs> and it did exceptionally well for me. That's a book. You should make a book. You sell on the rumor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the old adage, you know. No, you, you buy on the rumor and, and sell on the news. And same thing with with geopolitical events. You know, you you, you sell on the uh, on the threat of invasion and buy when it actually happens. Yeah. You know, because that's what happened. The market just tanked completely and then just rebounded dramatically. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, so it's <laughs> it's understandable. And it's it's actually nice to take a little something out of the playbooks of the people who really run the world. Yeah, that's you know, true. Because that's, it's, you know, <laughs> I learned it from watching you, Dad. <laughs> you know? Hold on. There's one more thing I want to get to in the first hour, by the way. I think we have enough time here. Yeah. Yeah. We got three minutes. The CDC isn't publishing large portions of the COVID data it collects. That's because uh, I think large portion of the COVID data points to the fact that it was created in a Wuhan lab. Well, no, no, no. This is no, no. This is different than that, though. Oh, this, this is, is different the, the results. Yeah. Yeah. This oh, okay. is the results. So basically, the agency has withheld critical data on boosters, hospitalizations, and until recently, wastewater analysis. And the reason Ooh. that they give. <laughs> And the reason that they give is that they say that the data could be misinterpreted. Uh huh. <laughs> so or that, rather, it could be interpreted. Exactly. That means it could be interpreted correctly to show that this is no longer a threat whatsoever. And the CDC really wants to keep its budgets going. And the people who are at the top of the CDC or tell the CDC what to do want to keep their profits going. Exactly. It's just like we talked about. This is about, a money fucking oh, grab like totally. you've never seen it. Yeah. Now, let me read one thing from the article. It's from the New York Times. Surprisingly enough, from the New York Times. I tell you, they're pretty good sometimes. When the CDC published the first significant data on the effectiveness of boosters in adults younger than 65 two weeks ago it left out the numbers uh, for a huge portion of that population 18 to 49 year olds the group least likely to benefit from extra shots because the first two doses already left them well protected yep listen here right this is fucking the pharmaceuticals are cutting another big check to the fda and the cdc and all that yeah yeah to make sure that this news doesn't get it. look 
this is no longer even conspiracy theory. This it's so blatantly obvious. You can follow the no, money. The conspiracy theory is the other way around. If you fucking trust the government, then you believe in a conspiracy theory. Exactly, exactly. And like we said, folks, so we've got so much more coming up in the second hour. We're gonna keep. Uh, you know, talking about these things, and we got a few new things lined up. We're not pulling up. out of Ukraine yet. <laughs> so we will see you on the other side. Patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. And that was the intro, not you the outro. You picked the wrong song, you <laughs> dick. Let's try that one more time. Uh, for uh, Patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage, and we will see you on the other side, we hope.